Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome. Thanks for joining in with us today. I'm going to speak to you today that you are the leader that you need to be. I want to think about that for a moment. You know, I wish I had this advice when I stumbled into the corporate world at the young age of 19. Back then, the world leader was scary to me, and I never believed that I was any kind of a leader for decades on end. Well, today's a different day, different time, different culture. So let's give you something really important on this topic. Today, we're going to discuss some important leader methodology. And the end result of this, well, how about happier customers and increased market share? How about increased morale and productivity? This may help you climb up to that first million and beyond. We're going to talk about happy leader methodology with Tia Graham. And while we're at it, this is all about helping you and your friends turn your vision into reality. We want to help you get really successful, get very successful at growing your business to a high sustainable level. In fact, we're going to help turn you into an, an elite entrepreneur. Meet Tia Graham. She's an expert on positive psychology and engagement. She's worked with some of the biggest names out there, such as Hilton Hotels and Goldman Sachs. She's featured in all the major media, such as CNN and Forbes. I'm going to let her tell you more about it. Let's get into it. Hi, Tia. Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Thank you for having me. Tia, we're all looking forward to growing our business using happy leader methodology. And that's an interesting term, interesting phrase. So let's try this. How did it all start for you? What's your backstory? So I... Uh, got also went into corporate America young and leadership young. My background is I studied the business of tourism at the University of Hawaii, and I went into a 15-year career in the luxury hospitality industry, um, and I was a director of sales and marketing at the age of 26 years old, and I worked in the Hawaiian Islands. I led teams in New York City. Istanbul, Turkey, and then in Los Angeles for brands such as Sheraton, Weston, W Hotels, and The London. And in my hotel career, I had some incredible, inspirational, happy leaders. And I also had some very toxic, negative leaders. And that's a very big, one of the big motivators for me to write the book and do this work. And six years ago, I started my own company, Arrive at Happy, and started researching positive psychology and getting certifications in neuroscience and positive psychology, happiness at work and coaching, et cetera. And my mission is really to teach and motivate leaders to number one, really prioritize their well-being so that they're more successful in all areas of their life and to really increase the happiness of their teams so that people people do better and businesses grow. Tia, this is really interesting. You, you've made a business out of helping leaders and somewhere along the line, you, you know, you could have gone into anything in your life, but somewhere along the line, you thought 
to yourself, I think, hey, I'm good at this. I can do something with this. I can create a, a vision. Uh, excuse me. I can create a business out of this. I can I can make a career. So I'd like to see if we can talk and tap, in and tap into that vision that you had that kind of started that for you. Yes. So happiness has always been very important to me. I um, learned some lessons in my childhood about happiness from my parents. And um, after a few years of being pretty lost, when I moved from Canada to Hawaii and was very happy and really found my calling with the hospitality industry. And so throughout my 20s, People would ask me, whether it was hotel general managers or friends or clients I was working with, people would ask me, how do you stay so happy? Where do you get this positive energy from? Even when there's challenges, you know, you're this cheerleader of we can get through this. And so um, in my early 30s, that's when I first started thinking about this idea of, I believe I can make, I can help other people. You know, I, I think that I have this whether it's partly genetic, based on choices, you know, et cetera, I believe I can help other people because on it, I was, I was pretty clear at that point on the spectrum, I'm happier than most people. And then um, when I went back to work after having my second daughter and I was really searching for more happiness as my life circumstance had changed so much, that's when I started formally researching happiness and discovered the science of happiness um, and so, yeah, it was, was all of a sudden having a toddler and a baby, that was the catalyst to, Hey, you know, this idea that you've had this business idea you've had, uh, maybe now's the time to do something about it. I like that. And, and again, you had this vision, you created this company, you're out there really making great, what's the word? Great strides in this industry. You've helping businesses big companies that I mentioned in the intro, mm -hmm. but now it begs the question, Tia, why do you do it? What, why is it important to you to do what you're doing? What's your purpose on this? Yes. So thank you for asking that. You know, my purpose is to inspire, motivate, and teach as many people as possible before I die. I mean, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. And when I learned about all of the incredible research coming out of Harvard and Yale and Stanford and Berkeley, and I also quickly realized that not a lot of people know about all of this incredible research. And I studied with Dr. Tal Ben-Shahar, who taught positive psychology at Harvard. And very quickly, I was like, I don't know about this. I don't think very many people know about the, all of this incredible research that helps people be more successful and happier and helps businesses be more successful and people happier, you know, in business. And so, um, you know, I also, I'm, I call myself a happiness practitioner. You know, I'm not a researcher at Harvard. I'm constantly reading and getting all the latest research and spreading it to as many people as possible. And it really um, makes people feel hopeful and it makes people feel in the driver's seat, whether as a leader or just as a human being. Um, and so that's really what gives me purpose is that the research is so valuable that I believe everyone on earth needs to know about it. We're talking about happy leader methodology with Tia Graham, and you can find her at arrive at happy.com. 
What a great phrase, arrive at happy.com. Check it out. You're going to like it. You're going to find out uh, information about her new book that we're going to talk about, The Happy Leader. And we're going to just kind of dive into this a little bit, Tia. We're going to dive into your vision path and this journey that you've been on. Here we are. We're entrepreneurs. We're business owners. Some of us are startups. We want to, you know, crank, uh, crack that next level, you know, that we're, we're trying to attain. So please help us learn. And I think the first place I'd like to start, Tia, is talk about this science. Is there science behind happiness? Isn't it just smile and walk around? Let's kind of dive into this without being too silly. Yes. Yeah. So there is so much science. I think right now, probably approximately 1,800 research articles in the United States, and that's not even counting what's happening internationally. So the science started in the late 90s um, in the United States. The president of the American Psychology Association, Dr. Martin Seligman, really said, okay, we have all of these thousands of psychologists studying people who are really unhappy, people with bipolar disorders, schizophrenia, chronic depression, et cetera. And of course, there's been profound research and it's, it's extremely helpful and we should keep studying that. But he said... What if we start studying really happy people? There's about 8% of the population that is quite happy consistently. Let's study those people. Let's also study what's happening when people are feeling more of those positive emotions than the painful ones. And let's also study how we can help people move from challenging situations in their life and get them back to feeling happy. And so the science of happiness is about how humans thrive. And according to positive psychologists and the neuroscience work as well, right? How the human brain can, knowing the human brain can help us be happier. The first is, is understanding how to have more positive emotions than painful ones. It's not that happy people don't have painful emotions, but how you can have more of those positive. And there's, and I can give a lot of examples. The second part is about how to have meaning and purpose. And you asked me about that meaning and purpose in your life from your work, as well as aspects of your personal life, because people that have meaning and purpose are happier and more successful. And then the third part is about having a variety of experiences and different experiences in your life. And so there's different models. Um, one that I teach and study is from Dr. Tal Ben-Shahar, who was previously at Harvard, and it covers five different areas of life, spiritual well-being, physical well-being, intellectual well-being, relational well-being, and emotional well-being. And there is, there's many different areas under each of these that are proven ways that you can increase your well-being. And for everyone, you know, I know the audience of entrepreneurs and people running businesses, there is also a tremendous amount of research that directly connects happiness to business success, to career success. And so um, it sounds maybe like, I don't know, let's say soft skills or, or a warm and fuzzy topic, but it directly connects to growing revenue, increasing our profitability, increasing customer satisfaction, productivity, motivation, morale, et cetera. That's really interesting. Uh, and I really want to tackle some of these points. And as you're talking about this, 
I started to time travel back in my corporate days, and I've had bosses that have never smiled, always mean at me. This is the this is the corporate world I grew up in. This is just how it was back then, or whatever. And uh, you know, I think of, and I and I'm not trying to be cynical. I don't know that I can be, but let's just try this very. Let's just try this as a cynical question. Why does a leader need to be happy and smile? Isn't that's like the wrong thing? Why? Why? I mean, I've lived it, but this is a different world now. So why does leadership require happiness today? So when leaders are happy and positive, optimistic while they're working, while they're leading a team, whether it's virtually hybrid or in person, they themselves are more innovative, productive, and they're going to be more successful. They are actually going to get promoted more and get more accolades. So that's, you know, what's in it for them. And the leadership side, they are going to have less unwanted turnover. Their team is going to be more motivated. If they're leading a sales team, which I led sales teams for 14 years, happy leaders create happy sales professionals and happy sales professionals sell 37% more than sellers who are neutral or have a negative mindset, directly impacts sales. Customers are going to be affected. Um, And then for that leader themselves, you know, Everything in life is interconnected. So if a leader is not happy and, you know, their their work doesn't make them feel positive and they don't make other people feel positive, their personal relationships are going to suffer, whether it be their marriage, their children, their friends and family relationships. And it also affects your physical health. The mind and the body are 100% connected. So someone that is leading in a company right now and is feeling negative and unhappy most of the time, they're probably going to have health health issues as well. So it's really, really important both for the person as well as for the team. And um, the research shows that it takes a 20% increase in salary. This is Gallup research to lure someone away from an engaged leader. So if you have a leader that's happy and engaged, it takes a lot of money to lure someone away. Whereas if the person's not that happy, someone might leave for less money. So those are a few of the big reasons. Those are so true. I know people that will not leave their job even for more money because they love it there. And that that just speaks volumes all by itself. Exactly. Tia, we're going to talk about your new book, which has the title of Be a Happy Leader. And there's an eight-step methodology in it. We may not be able to get to all of them, but I would sure love to know what are these steps? Can we start with step one? Sure. So do you want me to just give, do you want me to tell you a little bit about each step or just go through what they are? Oh, tell us a little bit about each step. We'll spend a few moments, you know, a few minutes on on, on step one at a time. Okay, perfect. So the first step is start with you. And this is where I teach leaders using the science of happiness and neuroscience, how to increase and create sustainable well-being for themselves. Step two is zoom out. So I teach leaders how to have a broad perspective in business and leading their team so that they have better relationships and, of course, better results. Tia, can we, 
Could we give more information on, on each step as you go through? Oh, sure. You want me to give a little um, bit more? Yeah. It, yeah. Sort of like, because because uh, it goes over our head, or at least it went over my head. It's like, what? Why is that important? Why do I need it? I'm just being a little silly. I like to dive into it. And I'd rather learn each, I'd rather learn some of the steps really thoroughly than hear about all of them without really getting it into my brain, so to speak. Right. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm different, but when I get into something, I like to really zone into it. Okay. And I'm like, well, why is step one so important? Why did you even write this down? Why is it in a book? Do I need to, what do I need to know? I heard the title, but what, what more can I learn from that? Sure. Sure. And now give some practical um, things that people can do too, which might be helpful. So going back Step one, start with you, is a non-negotiable for leaders today, especially with the way that the world of work is and the intergenerations that are working together and the expectations of people working. So in step one is about taking care of your physical, mental health, your emotions, your relationships, et cetera. And to, to give a couple um practical takeaways is I say to leaders that you have to be taking care of your psychological health, right? Your, your mind. And I, I say, you need to nourish your mind the way you nourish your stomach and you nourish your body. So how do you do this? You do this by investing in professional development, listening to incredible podcasts, reading books, watching Ted talks and, and being inspired and motivated and learning you know, something that negatively affects a leader's mindset would be waking up and watching the news for 30 minutes in the morning. That makes people feel very negative in a way to start their day. So that's an example of how do you make sure that you are in a place of high well-being, mind, body, relationships, etc. The second step of zooming out. So a lot of leaders are leading a team, you know, leading organization, and there's other teams or divisions within the organization. And it's very easy for leaders to get, um, to get siloed and to have a tunnel vision and to just focus on their part of the business. And so what I do is I teach leaders how to truly think like an owner of the business, even if you might not own it, right? You might be a director, you might be uh, you might not be owning the business, but how do you have the perspective of the owner when making decisions, when working with colleagues, when leading your team so that you will you know, progress and get promoted faster, but also be able to drive results faster because you truly are thinking like an owner. That's the zoom out step. I like to make a couple comments on this. On the, on the first one, I really like what you say about and I've noticed this a lot, too, over the years where when you're watching or even reading a newspaper, you're watching the news or reading the newspaper, uh, it can make sometimes you just feel like, you know, a little depressed or what's the Absolutely. use. Except when you go into the business section, then you go, oh, hey, I can you start you start thinking I could do this. I could do this. Look at what they do. I find the business section sometimes very um a little bit exciting, especially when you realize the opportunities that come out there. Yeah. And I love those articles because you kind of 
read in between the lines of what's going to happen. And I think that, and, 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 and I haven't read the, the news in a while, but it used to be almost like one is the bad news and one is this is what you can do in your future. This is where you should focus, i.e. the business type section. Mm -hmm. So I always found that very interesting. Uh, even though you may not have a billion dollars to throw in and buy this company or whatever, a little tease, but it still kind of puts you in that mindset. So that's also that's always very good. And that's kind of what I try to do with my podcast with entrepreneurs and business owners is to give them and show them what our elite entrepreneurs do and, and give them some future thoughts and motivation. So I think that that, that part is, um, is something that I try to do. And I, and I think that what you mentioned about listening to podcasts and so forth is so important, especially if you can resonate with that, which it helps you and nourishes you to where you're going to go, i.e. a show yes. like mine, for example. And there's a, yeah. there's a lot of good shows out there too. On step two, my comment is, Really? And again, I'm not trying to be cynical. I don't, I don't even think I've said that word in my life more than three times. But when I used to be in the corporate world, nobody wanted to, nobody cared or wanted to think of the boss. It was always this, uh, a dichotomy, mm -hmm. you know, people are against the, the establishment, against the leader, couldn't care, couldn't, couldn't, wouldn't give you a penny to know and care about what the boss or the leader, the boss that doesn't smile. Remember the leader that's always mad and angry that you never did good enough. Nobody cared what the leader thought or to think like a leader. They always, and this is how it was back then. It was very, it was more myopic of, mm -hmm. you know, I put in my time. What can I get? This company's making so much money. How come I can't make more? Why can't they give me any? Why are they cheap? You know, it's a little bit negative thoughts. Now this is from my position as middle manager, what the people under me would always be a lot, would always be thinking. And I, they never felt like they were getting or doing good enough to merit more, which is what they really wanted. But this is kind of like how that culture was back then. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to think with your step two, I don't know what the culture is like today. So uh, I, I plead the, the, what is it? The fifth amendment on that? I, I don't know. So is that really an important, you know, if you don't mind again, is that, is that yes. a really important point for the people today to take that point of view of the boss? I like that because the boss, he's just trying to do his job. And even the same when I was in middle management, people kind of were against me and it was like, why? I'm trying to help you and help the company. So I'd love to focus a little bit more on that and maybe you could comment on some of those points. Yes, yes, absolutely. There's you, my mind was going so much with everything you're saying. So I am um, a true believer that if, so if you have, if you're someone listening right now and you have a boss that is negative and that, makes you feel really, really unhappy and is draining your energy and is not using your strengths and focusing on your professional development, I would absolutely try and look for a new job, a new position, a new company. Life is way too short. I know there's some people that, you know, their financial position, maybe they can't move right now, but um, there are incredible bosses and leaders out there. And so I would say, try and go find those people and go find those companies that um, treat people with respect and kindness and care and invest in them. Um, in terms of the, the second piece is when you 
zoom out and don't only think about your position, you are going to rise in your professional career faster and you're going to have more success because people that are above you, around you are going to notice that, oh, this person is not only caring about their job description and or their team that they're leading, they care about the entire organization and the success of the organization. They're a big thinker and they are looking at how the different divisions, the different departments work together. They're, they're a collaborator. They bring, bring, bring people together. They are investing in developing those peer relationships. And so um, for me, you know, as someone who started as a, as a director very young and um, I had an incredible career and I was very, you know, very young to be getting the kind of promotions I was getting, I always tried to think about, okay, what, what is the biz, what is the big boss thinking about? Like that's, yes, I'm a director of sales and marketing here. I'm running these five hotels. What do the owners care about? And, you know, even though I've never owned a hotel, maybe I will in the future, but, um, that really, really supported my, uh, you know, my career growth and my, uh, I was rewarded financially for doing so. I like that. Good point. Thank you. Great, great comments there on that. All right, here we go. Let's go into step number three. Okay. So step three, I love, I mean, I love them all, but this one I'm very passionate about is called execute brilliantly. So before I had children, I would work, um, 8am till 9pm, of course. And I, I was in the hotel industry. I would also work maybe not Saturdays, but I would pretty much work Sunday, almost every single Sunday. And I always was very busy. I was, you know, um, successful, had successful teams, but, and I, I always worked very hard and I always loved, I was, I say a happy workaholic, loved my career, worked hard and did a lot. But when I became a parent and I did not have the, let's say, luxury of staying at a hotel till 9 p.m., I had to leave at five, but I still had goals of, you know, $40 million, $60 million, depending where I was. I still there, I just because I had kids, I wasn't like, oh, you're off the hook. You don't, you know, you don't have to achieve these results. I had to learn how to work really smart and how to increase my productivity. And so this step teaches people how to, and I will say during those years when I had young children, I'm leading a team, were the years where I was the most successful. I had years where on the annual reviews, it was like a hundred out of a hundred, where the owner of the hotel you know, came and said, Tia, we are so extremely happy with your results. Here's your annual bonus. And by the way, we're going to double it, which is like unheard of, right? And not other people. I was the only one in the hotel getting that, you know, it was like secret of like Tia's getting double bonus. So, and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like I am working way less hours, way less yet. I'm being so much more effective. And I actually know that my team loved me as a leader more because I wasn't sending a million emails on Sunday. I wasn't sending emails at 8.30 PM on a Tuesday. Nobody wants that. And so in this step, I basically explain how I did it. 
and what I was doing. And it's a mindset of focus, prioritization, boundaries, what you want, what, how you focus on what you want to accelerate, what you want to delegate and what you want to eliminate. You don't need to do everything. If you just focus on your three big goals and have alignment and get people behind those, that's how you can really excel. Um, so that's what that step is about. I love that. That's my favorite point too. And I don't know the others. A quick comment on that is I went from 80, maybe a hundred hours a week, <laughs> which is embarrassing as an entrepreneur. Yeah, a lot of people do not embarrassing. Okay. Okay. I won't be that embarrassed. Yeah. No, I went from that to an amount of hours that I just don't want to scare anyone with, but it's really quite a, a, a reduction. Let's put it that way. A serious reduction in hours and the reverse with the reverse of the revenue, the income has proportionately swapped from, you know, high hours, maybe because you're starting off, right? So you don't have any, there's not much income because you're brand right. new. When you're starting so high hours, low income to, to the opposite, you know, low hours, uh, yeah. high income because you're executing brilliantly and everything that you've just said totally resonates with me. And all I can say to the audience is zone in and absorb every word on step three. That's, that's where it's at. That's what, that's the key. Okay. Show's done. Oh, wait, we got four more, <laughs> five more points. Okay. We have some time. <laughs> Little joke. No, I really like that. All right. Let's go into step number four. Okay. So I will say, um, step four and step five go together. So, and, and but I'll, I'll start with step four. So step four is prioritize relationships over to-do lists. So, um, and this is, this is, this comes from my own leadership experience as well as the research and learning that I got when I went over to Scandinavia to become a certified chief happiness officer for happiness at work. Um, and I did that in Copenhagen in Denmark. The Danish people are significantly happier while working than people in the United States. So 49% of Danes say that they are extremely happy while working. Pre-pandemic, the number in the United States was about 13%. Now, of course, it's a smaller country. You can't com necessarily compare. But I wanted to go over there and understand how are CEOs running their companies where people are so happy while they're working. And there's a lot of key points to this. But relationships over to-do list is you're a busy leader. You're a busy entrepreneur. You're an executive. And you have a lot to do. And you have people working for you. It is very easy to put more of your time and energy into your to-do list than into your people because you're busy, you have a lot of different strategies and initiatives you're working on, so you're doing your work. And you may, let's say, cancel the one-on-ones that you have with your direct reports or maybe not do one-on-one -on -one meetings at all. You might not have regular team meetings because you feel like you don't have time. Everyone just needs to keep doing their work. You may not feel like investing in training them or giving them professional development opportunities or, you know, getting to know them 
individually really, really well, more than just, you know, what they do at work is, is worth your time. You might think I got to focus on my to-do list on everything I need to get done. And what I teach people is it's the opposite. Spend more time with your people. Never cancel a one-on-one. Make sure you always have the team meetings. Make sure you get to know people so extremely well that you are so connected to them. And when you do that, your to-do list will shrink. Your job becomes so much easier because people are connected to you. They are motivated to be working with you. They're going above and beyond. And... When you, and you know, another example of this that I, you know, say is give consistent, specific, positive feedback. Of course, coach, you know, be a coach and help people improve, but tell everyone what they're doing well all the time. It's free and it motivates people so much. So that's what this step is about. Was that two steps together? Because it's no, that was just one step. That was just one step. I could tell you about the next one, but wow, what a step! Very, very, very interesting. Can you believe that? The more you work with the person and build that relationship, the smaller your to do list. I like that one. It's a very European type of mentality, by the way, which has been so foreign to the American culture. You yes. know, Americans are, hi, how are you? How's your family? Sit down, talk. The Americans own, you know, are very, very different. I've said that before, very, mm-hmm. very strong. And it's it's changed now. It's morphed into the the person in front of you is a person. He's not a mm-hmm. number or a name. He's a mm-hmm. real being. And if you, if you, work with that being you've got more synchronicity you've got more harmony to mm-hmm. get more stuff done and it is so 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 true i think right now three and four are are super super important we've kind of uh have to wrap up now we kind of wrapped up on our time great points i say to the audience here get the book arrive uh go to arrive at happy.com and get the book and um and learn Happy Leader Methodology with Tia Graham. Tia, I just want to thank you so much. This has been very good. It kind of went fast. I could, I think I could do a whole series just on my comments on these points, if anyone's interested. It's a little joke, maybe. But really, if you're interested, let me know. Okay, enough of that. Tia, thank you so much for all this. Oh, thank you so much for having me and for the great questions. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took her vision to reality. We discussed Happy Leader Methodology with Tia Graham. We talked about some very important points about happiness, believe it or not. Yep, we talked about, well, first of all, is there a science behind this? Why is it important? Does it exist? We talked about some very interesting points, and I mentioned some of my career or knowledge with this in the corporate world way back when there was no happiness back then small joke but mostly true we talked about why leadership requires happiness today they didn't need it back then to make millions and millions and bazillions but today it seems to be more and more important because you want to get that team behind you so if you're an old schooler like me it's a different story it's it's a different world and Tia really explains why leaders need this. Why, why is that important? We talked about her new book 
and the eight-step methodologies in it. We talked about four of those steps. We were just about ready to go into some other points. Some of those steps we we took a deep dive into. We drilled about them. You heard some of my stories. We discussed them. So I'd like to know with you, what did we discuss that resonated with you? What did you like about this so far? What did you learn? Please let us know. And please remember supporting the show with a nice review on Apple Podcasts. And you can access Apple Podcasts from any web or mobile device. So please try and leave a kind review and share this with a few friends and help them too. All right, let's use this and let's help you move on your journey to success. Thanks. And remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds. Do good deeds. And join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of the Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.